Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lift it up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the book of Proverbs, the book of Proverbs and chapter number 11, the book of Proverbs and chapter number 11. The theme for this year is wisdom. And throughout this year, we've been seeking after wisdom in many different books. And we've been spending some time in the book of Proverbs looking for wisdom inside of this practical book that has these axioms, has these little little sayings, have these things that can be a guide and a help through our life. In the book of Proverbs chapter number 11, once again, we find another principle for life that can give us wisdom, that can give us guidance, that can give us the help that we need, but we have to explain what it is and how it helps us. Turn with me, if you don't mind, as we examine this principle, the book of Proverbs chapter number 11. The book of Proverbs chapter 11, and notice with me in verse number 3. The book of Proverbs chapter 11 and verse number 3, the Bible says this, The integrity of the upright shall guide them, but the perverseness of transgressors shall destroy them. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark a phrase that we find in the book of Proverbs chapter number 11? The book of Proverbs chapter number 11, and notice with me in verse number 3. Proverbs 11 and verse 3, the integrity of the upright. The integrity of the upright. And with the Lord's help, we're going to explore in the book of Proverbs this word integrity and see how important it is not only to us, but also to the heart of God. The integrity of the upright. If you don't mind, let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much again for you being a wonderful God. And as we come up to you, we're just asking that you give us wisdom and that you give us mercy. Give us understanding, Lord. For me specifically, Lord, I know that my body is failing me and that there's very little I can do about it at this point in time. But Lord, I could depend upon you to do your own work, that these people don't need less than, they need exactly what you can provide for them, that I'm just the vessel and that you could use me despite of myself, not because of me. And I could trust you to do your own work when I cannot trust myself. Fill me with your precious spirit, guide and direct. You bring this across and you help people to apply this message properly that we can have this testimony that this could be said of us, of the integrity of the upright. Lord, you guide now and do your work. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. That word integrity is a very important word. The idea of integrity is something that should characterize every single one of God's children. When we speak of integrity, sometimes we use the word character. But when we speak of integrity, we're speaking about something about, um, that it's inside the heart of a man. Integrity is all about who someone is 
in their heart, who they are in private, who they are to their core. Character is what we are, but sometimes people mix the word character and reputation. Character is what we are. Reputation is what others think we are. Abraham Lincoln said, character is the tree, whereas reputation is the shadow. We can't do anything about our reputation per se, but we can do everything about our own integrity. And if we maintain our integrity, we could expect God to do something with our reputation. Guard and protect our character. The word integrity itself is a powerful word which has the meaning of being complete or being whole. Integrity is doing what's right when no one else is looking. Integrity is being able to do what's right even when you could get away with it. In fact, we live in a country now that is against integrity. That is the opposite of integrity. Many people do not have integrity. Integrity is who we are in private. Integrity again has that word being complete or whole. And yet so many people are not whole. So many people lack in integrity. So many people do not have character. What do we mean by this? Well, integrity is doing what's right when no one's looking. That means to be faithful even if no one's looking. There are so many people who will only do what they're supposed to do if someone checks behind them, if someone looks behind them, if someone checks on their work. Those people who have to be coddled and checked on, they lack integrity. You should do what's right even if no one checks up on you. There are people who lack integrity to the degree that you can't trust their word. That they will lie. They will <laughs> obscure. They will exaggerate. You can't take them at their word. They're not, there are people who are not faithful. There are people who cannot keep their word. There are people who lack integrity. Who will cheat every chance they get. They will take a shortcut and they think it's fine to do so. By the way, anyone who's raised in America was raised to be people of having no integrity. We live in a country where having no integrity is the default nowadays. That from the little time kids do something wrong, we smile. Oh, that's so cute. We're teaching them not to have integrity. Anytime that... that <coughs> Kids are raised and they're taught, well, you know, you don't have to tell the truth. Hey, you know what? Well, they're going to ask you. We're going to the, uh, <clears throat> we're going to go grab something to eat and we're going to let you eat from the kids menu. So I know that you're 15 and a half, almost 16, but tell people that you're 12 or under. We teach people not to have integrity. We laugh at it. We tell people that there's a proper time to lie. You don't tell the truth when this happens. You hide it. We live in a country where our default setting is not to have integrity. So much so that when someone attempts to have integrity, they do stand out. What do you mean? Oh, you're a goody two-shoe. You're one of those. We have people that just are raised with such a lack of integrity. Let me tell you that nobody can take your integrity from you. You give up your integrity willingly. Nobody can force you to lose your character. 
It's something that you lose because you give it up on your own volition. Well, with that introduction in mind, let's look at some passages in the Bible here, especially in the book of Proverbs, that deal with integrity and see what we could learn about having the integrity of the upright. The first thing I'd like to bring to your attention in the book of Proverbs is that integrity guides. Integrity guides. Notice with me in Proverbs 11 verse 3 where we had started. Proverbs 11 verse 3. The integrity of the upright shall guide them, but the perverseness of transgressors shall destroy them. Many times people come to a thing to a question, especially as they're now trying to aspire. I want to try to do better. I want to try to do right. And they come to the question, how do I do right? How do I know how to do right? And by the way, in the lens of Americanism, well, that's a good question. When you've been taught all of your life to lie, cheat, scam, um, <coughs> to manipulate, to uh, all these other things, that becomes a solid question. How do I know to do what's right? How do I know what to do what's right? By having character. By having integrity. Integrity will guide. You see, when I come to a situation that I got to figure out what do I do, I do right. I just do right. And if I'm a person of integrity, I don't have to weigh it. Mm, which one do I do? I just do right. But again, it's such a foreign concept. The way that most of us, I'm including me, was raised is that we come to situations and we go, I wonder what to do. I don't know what to do. Do I lie on my taxes so I can get some more money? Do I check this box instead of this box? Because no one will ever check on me, but I'll, I'll get more benefits this way. That I will tell my grandkids, hey, look over this way and then cheat on tiddlywinks on them just so I could win. How do I know what to do what's right? Integrity. Integrity. Today we have something that is taught called situational ethics. The idea of situational ethics carries the idea is that what is right is determined by the situation you find yourself in. And so if you find yourself in this type of situation, what to do, what is right is going to differ than if you were in this type of situation. May I tell you it's always right to do right? Amen. And it is always wrong to do wrong. Amen. The idea is that integrity will guide us. But if I have integrity, people will look at me differently. Well, then you have an issue. Well, if I have integrity, I won't get the money that I really want to get. Then you have an issue. Well, if I have integrity, then what will happen is that everyone will look at me differently. Then you have an issue. You understand? Those are not issues with people with integrity. People with integrity are going to do what's right, regardless of what the consequences may be. All right, fine. I lose out on a deal, but I kept my integrity. Well, the world would like to say, well, see what your integrity got you. I'm enjoying the benefits because you, you see the world, that's how it operates. 
They think that it, whatever it takes to get ahead, well, that's called pragmatism. Pragmatism teaches the ends justify the means. That whatever is right at the time, you do. The ends justify the means. And so if I want to support missions according to pragmatism, ends justify the means, situational ethics, if I want to help out more missionaries, I'm going to go rob a bank tomorrow, get all the money, quickly put it in the offering plate, and now all these missionaries are taken care of, and God's going to bless. Not at all. Because it was not right. You see, people today have their ethics, their code of right and wrong. It changes in situation to situation. And some people's code of ethics change depending on who they're around. That as long as I'm around church people, I look churchy. But as soon as I get home and I change clothes and I'm with my friends, I'm a whole different person. It is a lack of integrity. Integrity will guide us. Because if we're people of integrity, we will do what's right. And again, we live in such a time of a lack of integrity that one of the things we have to do when people come to church is teach them to have integrity. Because it wasn't taught. Even simple things as faithfulness. All right, pastor wants you to bring your Bible every Sunday. Well, who cares if I bring my Bible to church or not? That's not the issue. We're trying to teach you to have integrity. We're teaching you to have faithfulness. To do what's right, even when you can get away with it. Sure, pastor's not going to go around and check and see if we're going to bring our Bible. So why bring my Bible? You see, we live in such a... Um, a warped society that those are the basic things that we have to teach people coming to church. That if you didn't bring your Bible to church, you are wrong. What do you mean? Uh, you understand? To the world, they don't understand why pastor would ask such a thing. Right. So, you know, we could go deep into the weeds, but we're not going to. We, could, we get the idea of it. Integrity is a sore spot in a lot of people because most people do not have integrity. And so this is the bruise that a lot of people can get pushed on because pastor is preaching about me. Now I'm blanket statementing you, take it as you want. Someone taught me a long time ago that whenever you throw, <coughs> throw a, a rock into a pack of dogs, the one that yelps, the one that got hit. Amen. So if you have an issue with the message, perhaps the rock hit you and that you need to check and see what the message is about for you. Anyways, good. That's to protect me later on. Okay. So we see, first of all, integrity guides. Integrity guides. Turn with me, if you don't mind, to Proverbs chapter 19. Let's see what else the Bible says about integrity. Integrity. Proverbs 19 Proverbs chapter 19 and verse number 1. Proverbs 19 and verse 1. Better 
We've been working with this word better a lot today. Better is the poor that walketh in his integrity than he that is perverse in his lips. And then notice this, and is a fool. Notice here it's correlating these two ideas. Someone with integrity or a fool. Better is the poor that walketh in his integrity. Here it's explaining that an honest man is preferred. He is better than someone who will lie and cheat and steal in order to get ahead. Better is the poor. Here it's carrying the idea that a person had a choice. He could have lied, cheated, scammed, and could have got ahead in money and life, popularity, promotion. But he chose not to, even though he could have got away with it. And now he is poorer for it. He didn't get that promotion. He didn't get the extra money. The Bible says better is the poor. Now again, pause. In a lot of immature people, those who maybe don't understand the idea of integrity, they don't understand this concept. If I can lie and get a pay raise, why wouldn't I? If I can lie in an application in order to get my way, why wouldn't I? <laughs> One of the things that we've been having an issue with in the welfare system in America is people who are physically able to work, but they lie and say, I can't, so they can get a paycheck, so they don't have to. That is lying, cheating. It's people of a lot of integrity, and the Bible backs it up with a fool. You understand, people get away with it all the time. Why wouldn't I? If I could get away with it, why wouldn't I? Because of integrity. People said, well, I don't want integrity. Well, We'll get that to the end of it. How do we get integrity? Because that's a good question. Or now we're just describing what the Bible says about integrity. You know, honesty is not the best policy. It's the only policy. Character does matter. Notice this. Better is the poor that walketh in his integrity than he that is perverse in his lips. That word perverse carries the idea of one that distorts the truth. That's what a perversion is. It distorts the truth. It twists it. In the Bible, we have different types of lies, all in the lying family, but we have one specific um, <coughs> lie that is important to the idea of integrity. It is the word guile. The word guile carries with it the idea to tell the truth, but do it in such a way that I emphasize or leave out a detail to make me look better or make someone else look worse. So I'm technically telling the truth, but leave out a detail or put an emphasis there. Pervert the truth a little bit so they look worse or I look better. This is something that most Americans, and may I say us, have dealt with. How do you know? Well, have you ever gotten in trouble? Well, of course we have. And so you knew you got in trouble and you had to stand before principal, parents, family, job, whatever else. And before you uh, went and faced them, you played out the scenario in your mind. You played out what you would say. And you start 
editing your words. No, I don't need to say this. I need to put this. And I need to say it this way and put this way. And you work on your speech. And you work on how to say it. So that way you look better or someone else looks worse. That is called guile. It shows a lack of integrity, a lack of character. This is how fine-tuned integrity is. Integrity is not a value of degrees. You have integrity or you don't. You either have integrity or you sold out your integrity for a little white lie, for a little twist, for something. You see, it's either you have integrity or you don't. And to lose your integrity, you have a perverseness. You twist it. You lied. You obfuscate it. You use whatever fancy word you want to put. Well, I just didn't check the box. Well, I just left out that detail. No, it's a lie. It's a lack of integrity. It's a lack of character. But no one got hurt. What does that have to do with anything? But no one was going to check. What does that have to do with anything? Well, I could get away with it. What does that have to do with anything? Well, everyone else is doing it. What does that have to do? You understand, those are all Americanisms, right? I'm not the only person in here, right? Everybody, we understand what we're talking about here. And we know that we're going to be fit into two categories, even folks in here. People that understand what we're trying to say and people that go, what in the world is this nonsense, right? Help me out now. I, I need people to know that I'm not the only goofball in here. The idea of integrity is so important and yet it is so lacking. We're going to talk about where to get integrity here in a second because it's not automatic. It is a purposeful choice that I have integrity. (laughs) Now, this idea of better in verse number 19, chapter 19, verse 1, this word better implies that it was a matter of choice. You choose to have integrity or you choose to lose your integrity. There was a choice that was given to this example here that I got to choose and I could have got away with it. Nobody would have checked. Nobody would have followed up. I had a choice. I could have done wrong and got away with it or I could have done right and suffered consequences. And I chose to do right and kept my integrity or I chose to do wrong and I gained the advantage for it. There was a choice that was made. Better is the poor that walketh in integrity than he that is perverse in his lips and is a fool. Being a person of integrity sometimes is its own reward. Now I know right now that statement just made someone laugh. Someone on the internet will find that clip and go, what in the world? Being somewhat of integrity is its own reward. What kind of garbage is that? Well, just nod your head. If you know someone that would say, what kind of garbage is this? What? (laughs) That integrity is its own reward? Well, then forget that. It's not worth it. It is worth it if we're trying to please someone with integrity. If we're trying to honor someone with our integrity. But again, we live in a country that this culture is not full of integrity. It promotes to lie, cheat, and steal. Do whatever you have to do to get ahead. It will be all right. We have to go against a culture in order 
to be a person of integrity. What do you mean that integrity is its own reward? Well, there's a couple things that go with that reward. First of all, you could sleep better at night because you have integrity. You don't have to worry about keeping up with all the lies that you told or worry about getting caught or what if somebody finds me out. And then you don't have to have your conscience constantly smiting you for telling all those lies. To being, well, <laughs> what did I do wrong now? How do I twist this? Having that pit in your stomach and trying to figure out how to unknot it. Being a person of integrity means that I can sleep well at night. And sometimes that's worth its weight in gold. To be able to have a good, clean conscience. We see that integrity guides. Integrity is better. Turn with me, if you don't mind, to Proverbs 20 and let's see something else. Proverbs chapter 20, and we see that integrity blesses. Integrity blesses. Integrity blesses. Notice with me in verse 6. Most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness, but... A faithful man who can find. We'll continue on in a second. But it starts off by most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness. Meaning that everyone is going to say that they're good. Nobody thinks they're the bad guy. Everyone thinks that they're justified in what they do. Nobody thinks they've done wrong. (laughs) It's one thing to talk about being good. It is another thing to actually be good. Someone who is faithful is a rare thing. Someone who's going to keep their word. Someone who's going to do what they said they're going to do. Someone who's going to be able to uh, complete a task without having to be checked on every five seconds to make sure they're still working. This idea of faithfulness is something that is lacking. Now, let's define faithfulness. The idea of faithfulness is going to be the idea of consistent doing it all the time. We understand that today people have a different definition of faithfulness. Some people who show up to work think that faithfulness is that I showed up to work maybe sometimes on time. And then maybe did some work somewhere along the day. I had eight hours to try to shoot at it. But the idea of faithfulness in the Bible is something completely different. Could you imagine that I went up to my wife and said, honey, I want to give you some good news. She goes, I'd be glad to hear good news. Honey, I've been 99% faithful to you. Do you think that's good news to her? Not at all. You see, in that one little slip up, I lost my integrity. I had an obligation to be always faithful. You see, you're either a person of integrity or you're not. My one time of being unfaithful to her, I have lost my character. I lost my integrity. There is an expectation of faithfulness that it is all the time. If I'm a person of integrity, I'm always going to do what's right. I am going to tell the truth, even if it costs me something. Men, most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness. Everyone likes to tell about how good they are, how spiritual they are, how righteous they are, but then put them to the task. Are you? Let me give an example. Jesus said, if you love me, fill in the blank, keep my commandments. 
You know, most people, the easiest lie to say is, I love Jesus. Amen. It's easy to say the words. It's another thing to actually perform the duty. Amen. If you haven't read your Bible, you don't love Jesus. Oh, <gasps> Hey, Jesus still loves you, and I'm thankful for that. But if you won't consistently read your Bible, can you honestly say you love Jesus when the standard is keep my commandments? You know, we work on this faithfulness and, and try to help people. We love people enough. We're trying to teach integrity, trying to teach them to be faithful, try to do these things so that way they can carry out the action. Anyone can say, I love Jesus. Meet them all the time. Oh, yes, I love Jesus. Oh, yes, I love Jesus. Hey, I'd like to invite you to church. Oh, good, good, good. Well, I don't want to go there, but I love Jesus. Hey, I, I, how's your Bible reading? Well, I'm not reading my Bible, but hey, I love Jesus. Okay, cool. These are the things that are said to me all the time. So it's not like I'm reaching. I have plenty of experience dealing with people Amen. that everyone proclaim their own goodness of how good they are, how spiritual they are, how right they are. But when it comes down to it, they're not people of integrity. And that's what God is looking for the most. Someone who's going to be faithful. Someone who's going to do what's right. Someone who's going to be faithful in the things. Someone that God can trust. You see, when it comes down to integrity, that's the key word. Can you be trusted? Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Why? Because then he can trust us. Because we love us, we have proven ourselves faithful and trustworthy. That's carrying the idea of integrity. Because I love Jesus, I read my Bible even if nobody checks on me. Because I love Jesus, I'm going to show up to church when I'm supposed to. Because I love Jesus, I might even bring my church Bible to church to look and see what the Bible says. You understand, those aren't big things, but those are where we start with to try to help and work with people. Because integrity blesses. Most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find. The just man walketh in his integrity. The word just carries the idea of justified. So here is a man over here who proclaims his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find. A just man walketh in his integrity. He has faithfulness. So these are the two people compared. The guy who says he's faithful and the guy who is faithful. The guy who talks about being right and the guy who is right. The guy who says you could trust him and the guy you could actually trust. All of us understand that last one. We all have people at work that says, you could trust me, you could trust me. And then when you turn around to go trust them, they're gone. There are some people that shout to everyone, you could trust me, you could trust me, you could trust me. But you wouldn't give them the keys to your house. You wouldn't say, hey, go check up on this for me. Hey, you know, here's the keys to my car. Can you go fill it up with gas? You, you wouldn't trust them with certain things. You wouldn't give them the key to your house so that way they can check on your things when you're gone. You don't want them in your house when you're gone. So here it's doing a comparison. Someone could talk about being good and people who are actually good, who actually have integrity. Notice verse 7. The just man walketh his integrity and his children are blessed after him. Someone with integrity and lives a life of integrity and is a, has a faithful, consistent walk, 
God says that there's going to be blessings that are going to be transferred to that person's family. In fact, all the way back to the book of Exodus, it talks about that someone who is full of integrity and is going to walk right, there are going to be benefits that are going to go into his children's children's children. That's four. It's going to be transferred to his children's children's children. You understand your integrity does matter. You may not think it matters right here and now, but we're looking in the long range. I want my children blessed. I want my grandchildren blessed. I want my great-grandchildren to live in blessings. Why? Because of the integrity I have now. It does matter. There's benefits and blessings that will go upon them. You say, but my life was horrible and I suffered because of my integrity. Yeah, but God's going to carry on those blessings and he's going to put them to your children, your grandchildren, your great children, grandchildren. You may think that you're losing out now, but you're gaining so much. What's the opposite? If I live a life lack of integrity, well, then is it going to be any lie when my kids lie to me? If I don't have integrity, is it going to be any any uh, wonder why my grandchildren are hellions? And then why my next generation won't even come see me? You understand there is benefits that we're going long term. Integrity blesses and it will go on. Now it brings us to the question, how do we get integrity? Where does integrity come from? How do we get this idea? How do we get this moral standard in our life that helps us to do what's right when everyone else is doing wrong? Well, with this, we're going to go back to the Old Testament and we are going to look at a character that God claims is a person of integrity. Turn with me to the book of Job. The book of Job in chapter number two. If you're in Proverbs, turn the other direction. You'll hit Psalms and then you'll hit Job. Job chapter 2. Many people are familiar with the story of Job. And it's not my purpose now to do a retelling of the story of Job. The purpose here is to see what God has to say about a man that God claimed to have integrity. Now, if God claimed for a man to have integrity, could you expect this man to have integrity? Absolutely. I meant most of us... (laughs) If we were to be honest, say, well, I'm missing some things. We wouldn't expect God to necessarily point out to us and say, you're a person of integrity. We'll be honest. It is a rare thing for God to say, that is a person of integrity. He would do what's right. And he's been tested and proven that he did do what was right when everything else was against him. When no one else would blame him about complaining, he didn't complain. When he he could have easily threw a hissy fit, he didn't. Notice what God now says. God is, by the way, speaking to Satan here. In the book of Job, chapter 2, and verse number 3. The book of Job, chapter 2, and verse 3. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil, and still he holdeth fast his integrity. Although thou movest me against him to destroy him without cause. Let's look at this example of integrity and let's find out where integrity comes from. Notice as we look from here, first thing that we see in the, in this verse, 
Integrity comes from knowing God. Integrity comes from knowing God. Notice what God has to say in verse 3. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my, my, my servant Job? When speaking about Job, the Lord uses the personal possessive pronoun, my, my. God says this is my servant. Why did God say my? Because there was already a personal relationship between Job and God. That Job had trusted in God and knew God. There was a personal relationship. Integrity comes first of all by knowing God. Not knowing things about God, but knowing him. Spending time with him. You know, there's something about (coughs) the idea of spending time with people. You start to become like them. Right? You could watch old married uh, couples. They've been married forever and they start looking like each other. They start having the same characteristics. They speak the same. They walk the same. You know, you could tell they've been married for a while. They, They spend a lot of time there. We've even seen that sometimes with people and their pets, that either the pets look more like them or they look like the pets, but we've all seen that, that it looks like the pets. It looks just like them. Uh, you know, ah, that's their pet. There, there is a principle that the more time you spend with someone or something, the more that you become like them. They transfer, they, they rub off on you. Well, the more that you spend time with God, the more like God you're going to become. The more like you're like him, the more that you get his heart, his vision, his desires, his purpose. Those things begin transferred in your life. They become your purpose, your goal. If you want to hang around someone, let's just imagine that <laughs> there was a person who was doing good. Well, if people hung around those people that were doing good, they will eventually keep doing good because they don't want to do bad in front of the person. Does that make sense? As we spend more time with God, we start to become more like God. We begin to have some of those attributes and traits just by spending time about him. That integrity, first of all, it comes from knowing God. Has thou considered my servant? Where else does integrity come from? Well, it comes from knowing God, but integrity also comes from fearing God. Integrity comes from fearing God. Notice again in verse number three. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God. One that feareth God. Why should a person do right? Because I fear the Lord. There's something about coming to the idea of my own personal accountability to God. You may think that you could get away with it, but God's always watching. Why do I do what's right? Because God's watching. And I know he's watching. And I know that one day I'm going to have to stand before him and give an account. You may think that you can hide from your parents. You may think that you could hide from your spouse. You may even think that you could hide things from your preacher. But you'll never hide it from God. God sees. Why should I do right? Because I know that he's watching. 
Well, I don't think that I should be afraid of someone like that. This idea of fear comes from a personal knowledge of him. Because I know him, I now have developed an emotional attachment to him. And I want to please him. I want to do what's right. I fear that because I don't want to disappoint him. And I am afraid of what he's going to say if he found out that I was cheating. There should be this element of fear. Why am I doing what's right when I can get away with it? Why should I do what's right when no one else would blame me? Because he's watching. Where does integrity come from? It comes from fearing God. Knowing that I am personally accountable to God. Knowing that I have to stand before him. Knowing he's the one I have to please if no one else. Integrity becomes very important. If you could take a little pause. Think about a pastor. I meant, who checks on pastor's Bible reading? Now, do we feel like anyone has to? I mean, if, if we have to get to the place where someone feels like they have to check on pastor's Bible reading, there's something wrong somewhere. But how are we going to make sure that a pastor's doing what's right? Because I have a fear of the Lord. He's the one that I'm trying to please. He's the one that I want to make sure I'm doing what's right for. He should be our motivation. He should be our goal. Why should I do what's right? Listen, you can watch things on your phone in the dark that no one will ever find out about. But I choose not to. Why? Because I know God's watching. Being someone of integrity is doing what's right even when no one else is looking. Integrity is doing what's right even when I can get away with it. Why should I even bother doing what's right? Because I'm trying to please him. And I know he's watching. And I know it does matter to him. Where does integrity come from? Integrity comes from a personal knowledge of God. Where does integrity come from? It comes from a fear of the Lord. Knowing that he's watching. Knowing that I'm personally accountable. Knowing he's the one that I have to please. That helps develop integrity. Why am I going to do what's right? To please him. Why else, where else does integrity come from? Integrity comes from knowing God. Integrity comes from fearing God. And integrity comes for living for God. Integrity comes for living for God. Notice with me in verse 3 again. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in all the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God, and notice this, and escheweth evil. Escheweth evil. The word askew is a geometry term. It carries the idea that if there is a line or ray going this way, that if I have something that is askew, that means it's going at a different angle in a different direction. So it carries the idea that an upright man is going to askew evil. What does that mean? If evil is right there, I'm going somewhere else. I'm not even going to put myself in that situation in the first place. How do I know what to do what's right? Well, if it's wrong, I'm not going there. That makes it pretty simple, right? <clears throat> if there are people that I hang out with that gets me in trouble, well, I'm just not going to hang out with them anymore. That makes it kind of simple, doesn't it? If there are people that help me to be better and help me to love the Lord, well, I'm going to hang out with them. 
if I know that I have a hard time passing by a bar or passing by a mall or passing by something where an addiction or, or uh, self-control can be limited, don't go there. It's almost like that lady who said, I just can't help by buying shoes. Well, don't go to the shoe store. We make things complicated. Askew evil. Move away from it. Don't go there. That makes it simple. You see, integrity is not hard to have, but it does come from starting with a personal relationship with God. Remember, the rest of America, they think this message is just nuts. But when you start falling in love with the Lord and getting to know Him, integrity starts to matter to you a lot more. Integrity comes from fearing God. When I develop a personal relationship to the Lord and I get to the place knowing that I'm going to stand before him and give an account, well, then I start to develop integrity because I don't want to get in trouble by him. Sometimes thinking that mom and dad are coming home and I'm going to get in trouble is a big motivating factor. Sometimes it's a help that someone is going to check up on me. I better do what's right. Then integrity comes from eschewing evil. Just not going there in the first place. Skipping out from it. Moving away. Doing what is right. Do, doing what's right. And if I see that it's wrong, not going there. We could be people of integrity. We understand integrity is not popular. Integrity is not something that, that most Americans even value anymore. You don't believe me? Well, we have a presidential race. Turn on the news and you'll find out that integrity doesn't matter a lot of hill of beans to anybody. That's just the world we live in. But we can strive to be people of integrity because integrity guides us on a day-to-day basis. We don't have to wonder what's right and what's wrong. We're just going to do what's right. We don't have to wonder, what do I do? Do I try to get this? Do I skirt this? We do what's right. We know that integrity is better and that we get a better life. We get a better thing. It's, uh, it's better in the long run. And that we know that integrity blesses. So the question is, is what about you? Now, before I dive too far into this, it is amazing over the years to watch church people lie to pastors. Am I surprised by it? No. It's just we live in American culture. But what we can do is start from where we are and move forward. And try to strive to be people of character. Of people of integrity. How many times as a child, or maybe a grown child, we lie to get out of trouble? Mr. Nobody lived at your house if you had more than one kid. It's amazing how Mr. Nobody lives at, some, at someone's house when there's an only child. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. We feel like we've got to lie to get out of trouble. When sometimes telling the truth is the best option whatsoever. Because when we start telling a lie, now it compounds things. It makes it worse. And when it is found out, it's just compounded. It's worse. We, we, there's something in our DNA as Americans that we feel like we have to lie to get out of trouble. If someone looks at us wrong, if somebody calls us a name, if someone says you're an anti-something, we don't like that word anti, so now we're automatically, oh, defensive. No, 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 that's not. We give up our integrity very easily. If we feel threatened, 
we feel cornered, if we're on the defensive, we lose our integrity pretty quick. Oh, you go to that type of church. No, 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 no. I, I, I just attend there every now and again, but I just don't believe everything. We, we start to change our tune, start tap dancing. It doesn't take much for us to lose our integrity, but that's just how our country was set up and that's how most of us were raised. To be a person of integrity is something different. It's trying to please him and him alone. It's trying to honor him in all that we do because he is worthy, because he's good, because he loves us, because he saved us, because I want to honor him. Being a person of integrity is doing what's right when no one else is looking. We know that today's Sunday. So Sunday at 10 o'clock, you're getting ready for bed. What are you doing? What are you watching? What are you listening to? What are you talking about? Those are the times that we find out who you really are. Anyone could put on a new coat of paint and smile and look good. Every man proclaims his own goodness. Integrity is not who you are in public. Integrity is who you are private. Let's strive to be men and women of integrity. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 530-6308. Once again, that number is 920-530-6308. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.